Welcome to Wine Country Women with Michelle Mandreau, the podcast for wine enthusiasts who are curious not only about what goes in the bottle, but the remarkable women who make these distinctive winemaking regions so special. Each week, Michelle introduces you to a prominent woman and takes a peek inside her life. Welcome to today's Wine Country Women podcast. I'm Michelle Mandreau, and I'm speaking with Christina Hudson of Hudson Napa Valley. Christina, thank you so much for inviting me here to your farm. You know, I'm a Texan, so we call it a ranch. Okay, ranch. <laughs> your ranch. And it's a big ranch, isn't it? Yeah, it's a 2,000-acre property, and we have uh, 200 acres in grapes. And uh, it is a working ranch, so we raise livestock, chicken, chickens. We make honey, olive oil, vinegar. We have a big garden, and um, we basically grow or raise everything except wheat and salt. Well, you probably shouldn't be eating wheat or salt. <laughs> <laughs> so all the good stuff is is right here at Hudson Ranch. You are located in the Carneros area, and it's really a slice of heaven here. It's got a nice lake. It really just kind of allows you to escape. I think that you've got a perfect place to be, and I am delighted that you invited me here today. Well, it's my pleasure to be here with you today, and and I'm excited about our conversation. Yeah, this is going to be great. So let's dive right in. You have quite the career, I must say. 25-year career in food, wine, hospitality, and design. You worked 10 years with Alice Waters. How was that? Working with Alice at Chez Panisse was um, probably the greatest graduate degree anyone could ever have. Um, I got to the restaurant at a time when Alice was really just starting to get outside of the restaurant and do all of her other work. And so it was a really exciting time. And I got to be right there with her shoulder to shoulder. And she started the foundation during that time, the Chez Panisse Foundation, and um, which became the Edible Schoolyard Foundation. And we really were traveling all over the world doing incredible projects that were meaningful and interesting and exciting to a you know, 25-year-old. And um, I speak several languages, so I was able to utilize my language skills and just learning all along the way and um, getting to work with incredible artists and chefs and politicians and um, writers all over the world. And it was just an incredible time that changed my life in very, very profound ways. Was that your first full-time job? No, um, I had... um, I graduated from Middlebury College on the East Coast, and um, my degree was in East Asian Studies and Japanese. And then I moved to Japan, um, got my master's there at Keio University in Japanese, and ended up going to work um, at a hotel, which is something that I hadn't planned or expected to do, but was approached by the then GM, who was a very engaging person, and he convinced me that this was... a a good career move and it certainly was I learned a great deal from him he was very meticulous and a little bit maniacal but um, 
I got to live and work in Japan for several years and on a really great project. It was the first international park Hyatt and um, was just an incredible hotel. And I got to be there before opening. So I was there for a year prior to the hotel opening. And then after that, and, you know, I was a young kid who had a um, expense account in Tokyo and got to go eat wherever I wanted and do things that I could never have had access to or have been able to afford. So um, I, it was really uh, a magical time in my life, and that was my first kind of serious job. I worked since I was 15 years old, always had some kind of summer jobs and that kind of thing, but that was my first serious job. So how did you get from Tokyo to Berkeley? <laughs> <laughs> um, I um, came back from Japan, and did, I've always been interested in food and wanted to work around food. I didn't really want to be a chef, but um, I started um, looking and thinking about what I wanted to do. And at the time, my sister and her, her husband were thinking about starting an olive oil company, and they wanted to crush Meyer lemons with olives, and we were in love with Meyer lemons, and and so we started this little company that still exists today called O Olive Oil, and um, you know it's kind of one of those things that when you don't know anything, you do kinds of things that you that that today I wouldn't have done, um, but we made this olive oil, we put it in mason jars, we had a little homemade label. And I went to all the fancy restaurants in the Bay Area and knocked on the back door and said, do you want to buy my olive oil? And before we knew it, we were sold out. Um, we won best product of the show in, at the fancy food show. And so we just kind of skyrocketed to uh, another level very quickly. And I was selling olive oil to Chez Panisse and um, met Alice. And she convinced me to come and work for her. Wow. Yeah. So it was a it was a good decision. What a what a great story and we've only just begun. <laughs> <laughs> so you worked for Alice for ten years and then where did your career take mm -hmm. you? Um after I left Chez Panisse, I, I continued to do a lot of um consulting and I oversaw a lot of projects that Alice wasn't interested in running through the restaurant or that weren't um, uh, projects that she didn't want to say yes to, but were good projects. And so she was funneling me projects for a long time. And um, so I did that, and I went back and worked in Japan for a Japanese food company um, called Rockfield, which was a very interesting um, project. And so going back and forth to Japan, um, consulting different clients, and then I was hired to work at the Bartisona Hotel um, prior to opening. So I was, um, I really worked uh, closely with the owner at the time and um, oversaw all of the design, um, all of the hospitality. My title was Director of Guest Experience, I think, um, and stayed on afterwards and handled, you know, all the PR and developed their kind of um, customer experience. Okay. Yeah, so I was coming up to Napa Valley and c still living in Berkeley, commuting back and forth for a few years, um, and, um, you know, not really living in Napa, just working here and kind of hustling back home to my kids. So you worked at Bartisono 
then eventually your past crossed with your husband, mm-hmm. Lee. Yes. You have to tell the story. Okay. How did you meet Lee, who ultimately changed your life forever? Uh, I um, had a good friend from my college years, uh, Andy Erickson and his wife, Annie Favia. And um, we'd known each other since we were young kids. And uh, they invited me to a dinner party at their house. And I went and sat next to Lee, and uh, Lee, whom I didn't know, I didn't know anyone at the party except the host and hostess, and when I sat down next to him, he said, oh, I heard you're from Berkeley, and very judgy, and I said, well, I'm actually from Texas, but I live in Berkeley, and so, of course, he being a Texan, that made, that smoothed the the road a little bit. he was a little bit nervous about my liberal ways, I think. But um, so Lee and I um, met each other, and um, we fell in love. And I ended up uh, moving to Napa and bringing my kids with me, and um, and here we are today. Together, you created what is now Hudson Napa Valley. So let's talk about what that is. He was a grower, and then you were the visionary that developed all the supporting businesses (laughs) for the ranch. Well, I mean, we we have a great partnership, and we work really well together, and um, we have completely different skill sets, and so together we've been able to build this together, but so much of it, you know, was already created before I came here, and this is an incredible property um, that Lee had the vision to develop um, with his then wife, um, where there wasn't a lot happening in Carneros. So they purchased this property, and um, you know everything that you see here today, uh, Lee built. So all the roads and the water and the lake and the vineyards and and so you know, 30 years of work went into. To this project before I came along but together we have been able to do some great things and you know we kind of uh, got the wine company off off its on its feet and we built the winery and started receiving guests here and um, we purchased Hudson Greens and Goods which is our little grocery store in town and um, so we have a bit of a three-ring circus here, and it takes a lot of hands um, to do what we do, and we have incredible people that work here with us. Um, many people that started with Lee 40 years ago are still here with us, and so they're, uh, we really couldn't do this without them, and they are a huge part of the work that we do here today. But they could only do the work if they've got a good leader, and you and Lee must be great leaders, so... With that being said, let's talk more about your career. Was there someone along the way that um, mentored you or, or that you were inspired by that helped mold your career to, mm-hmm. that you can speak of? Well, I was very fortunate to have an incredible mother. Um, I'm the youngest of six children, and, you know, if you kind of think about how does a Mexican-American girl get from El Paso, Texas, to Middlebury, Vermont, to Tokyo. Um, I think you have to have great parents. Um, I was, I'm fortunate I had great parents and I had great siblings um, that all mentored me and inspired me and pushed me. And my parents were very supportive of my aspirations. 
I, since I was a little kid, I wanted to go to Japan. I dreamt of going to Japan. I, you know, was just fascinated by the Far East. And, you know, I lived in El Paso, Texas, but my parents had traveled to Japan. My parents traveled a lot. Um, my mother was a Hispanic business owner in the 70s, and um, she owned a language institute that she started. And at the time, um, you know, they were looking for Hispanic women to sit on boards, and my mother ended up sitting on boards, mostly in Washington, D.C., but she sat on big boards. She was on the Federal Reserve. Um, and so she she was... Um, she was an ass kicker <laughs> and she had high expectations for us and um, she really pushed us to be well educated, um, to work hard and to support ourselves. And so my mom was definitely great inspiration to me and, and my sisters as well, who both have had very lustrous careers. And um, yeah, I was always expected to do something with my life and to serve others and to be a part of a community and to be um, a good mother and present to my family. I mean, all of those good um, Mexican values were instilled in me since, since I was a kid. You had a great foundation. I did. I was, I'm very lucky. I was um, incredibly loved and pushed and, um, challenged, challenged. Yeah, for certain. But, you know, I, I've had great bosses. Um, and when people look to me for career advice, I always say, you know, work for people who you admire, who are the best at what they do. It doesn't matter what they do, you know, work for people who have high standards and who want to do the best work possible. And, I, I've been really lucky to walk through a lot of those doors. Um, and today, you know, we, we try to do that for the kids of our staff. Um, you know, we have a great scholarship program here at Hudson. Um, if your child, if you're an employee of Hudson and your child has a 3.0 or higher, we will assist with their higher, paying their tuition for higher education. And these are kids that, you know, are so hungry and so ready to do something with their lives and to get out there and we do everything that we can to support them. That's fantastic. Top moment of your career so far? I think working side by side with my husband and really creating something, creating the winery and the hospitality program here. And um, I think working with your husband, your partner, um, has been incredibly gratifying for me. I, I didn't recognize really the true power of partnership until I was married to Lee and working with him and he is supportive of my efforts and, and this is really his dream and it has given me really such pleasure to be able to help him actualize that dream and to be a part of that and and to see the hard work paying off. Um, you know, our wines have never been better and they're getting better all the time and all of the other products that we make and, and bring to life and, you know, being able to um, hire incredibly capable people to work with us. And I really love collaboration and um, we have 
incredibly talented people that work here, and that makes it very exciting for me. When somebody comes on the property, what do you hope their takeaway is? I I hope that they see um, the attention to detail, um, the little things that matter to me, um, that here at Hudson, we really pride ourselves on the fact that we we have our boots on the ground, that we're really the ones doing the work. I mean, Lee is walking vineyard every day. Um, we are, we're not just pushing the work onto other people. And that is a source of pride for me that, we, you know, our hands are dirty and that we never ask someone to do something that we haven't done ourselves. Um, I think that when people come here, um, and I see someone eating raspberries off the the bush for the first time and, and, you know, having a cucumber straight off of the vine. It's pretty great to see someone have that experience and that people who've never seen things growing before that come here and, and see our giant 2,000 pound pumpkins and 2,000 pound. <laughs> we, we, grow, <laughs> we do grow big pumpkins here. Um, I think you know, that people see the pleasure in work. And um, this is really hard work. I mean, vineyard work is incredibly monotonous and demanding and difficult. And that people see people here working together and we are respectful of one another. And I think enjoying each other's company in the process of working throughout the day. And I hope people leave with that sense of camaraderie and respect that we have for one another and of course that they love the wine (laughs) well and all the other little treats too you know we're in this fantastic room we've walked the property i mean everything is done so well and you spoke of attention to detail and and there's a lot of that that i see here are you responsible for all that? I, I guess or so. Or most yes, of it? I'm, I am responsible for all that. I mean, before you came, I was doing the flowers and, you know, um, walking here every day and making sure things are the way that you, we want them to be. Mm-hmm. And I am, I am very particular. Um, I hope I'm not difficult, but... I have a high standard, and I am very particular. Well, I can't speak if you're difficult, (laughs) but I can say that your attention to detail pays off because everything looks fantastic, and everything is perfectly placed, but doesn't feel like you're in a museum. (laughs) So it's very comfortable and very inviting. And so if that is a trait of yours, then I think that people that come here must feel it right away, feel very welcomed. And well, I, I do think that, um, and at home, I am inspired by, um, hospitality styles. And I think the Japanese are great masters of hospitality. And I, try to encompass one of their ideals, which is when you ca- cross the threshold and you come onto the property, that you are really my responsibility. So 
If it's hot outside, I need to have a hat for you. If it's cold and raining, I need to have an umbrella for you. And that you're really thinking about people's comfort and that people feel at home. And, um, and, and then I think the Mexican hospitality is, you know, really bringing people in very inviting, very warm, very fun loving. And so those are tenants that are important to me. And I think that they are reflected here. Absolutely. I think they are. One last question about your career, and then we're going to shift on to your personal life. I meant to ask you this earlier. When somebody studies Asian studies and gets a degree in Japanese, what were their intentions? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, some people go into business in Asia. But what were Um, your intentions? What were my intentions? Yeah. I, I, uh, you know, I didn't have this big idea like this is what I want to be. And looking back, I'm lucky that my parents gave me the freedom to kind of go with this really what was a passion and a great interest of mine. Where do you think that came from? I mean, it's so specific. Yeah. I must have been Japanese in my past life. <laughs> I I really, when I go to Japan, I feel so at home and so comfortable and the language came very easily to me and, you know, I could read and write and, um, who knows? Uh, okay. it's, it's kind of an odd thing, but something that is very deeply rooted in me. I, I wasn't really sure what I was going to do with it, but I had dedicated a long time to it. I, I attended a special program for foreigners, um, that's hosted by the government. And you have to have a very high level of proficiency to get into the program. And um, I think there was maybe less than 20 people in the program and people who came from all over the world. And our common language was Japanese. Like there, not everyone spoke English. So we had to speak Japanese. And we traveled throughout Japan together. And I mean, it could have been a funnier sight, you know, 20 foreigners all speaking Japanese together. Um, and most of those people went into academia um, into government, um, you know, they were writing dictionaries. It was a scholarship that was offered to me. And so it was something that I just couldn't say no to. I, I hadn't really planned it. It just kind of happened. I think it was luck that you got into the hotel industry because that kind of started you down a path of hospitality. Yeah. I mean, and hospitality is in my blood. It's, I don't think it's something that you can teach people. And, there are many things you can teach people, but I think really having the pleasure of serving is something that isn't for everyone. And I, I do derive a, a great amount of, of pleasure from helping people have a good time. All right. I think that's lovely. Learn more about the women who live in wine country when you purchase one of our lifestyle books at winecountrywomen.com. Well, let's talk about your personal life. You obviously live on the ranch. Yes, we do. We live, um, we live a mile from the the winery and, uh, from our home, you cannot see any, you cannot see the winery or any vines. So we get to leave work um, (laughs) at some point. That's probably nice and refreshing. If we took a step inside your home, is it very reminiscent of what I'm seeing here or is it something else? And if so, can you describe it? Sure. Our home has a 
a lot of layers and textures and um, is full of things that we have collected on our travels, um, lots of things from the natural world, um, and um, a lot of old things. Um, we have a beautiful collection of art, um, some things that Lee had from his family. Um, we've collected everything from old masters to Japanese sculpture to, um, you know, found art. And um, so we have a very eclectic collection, and it's really driven by things that move us, and there's not a lot of strategy behind it, but um, they are things that we find beautiful, and um, and really most of our travels are driven by going to look at things and shows, and, and um, we love art and architecture, design, furniture, um, so we... we are really fortunate that we get to kind of um, showcase it. showcase that in our home. So I have to ask, I mean, is there a predominant color? Is is your furniture more Asian influenced? Yeah. Contemporary, traditional? Uh, our furniture is a lot of uh, some a mix of vintage and new things. Um, nothing modern. Um, I'm really into textiles and indigo, and so I collect, you know, I have things that are covered with Peruvian textiles and Japanese textiles and horsehair chairs, and our home is um, somewhat of this palette, so um, plaster-colored walls and um, beautiful colors. Um, there's a lot of richness to, to the house. A lot of earth tones. Yes, more in the earth tones. And from our home, you can see downtown San Francisco, which is amazing. So we're up on the hill. We're really on the bay here. So um, we have the nice cooling breezes that are coming off the bay and not quite as hot as up, up valley. Is there a artist that you have more artwork from that you can tell us mm -hmm. about? Um, there is someone who I... Um, collect. He's a, more of a designer. His name's Sam Orlando. He's a British man who lives in Italy, and he makes furniture and um, mirrors and chandeliers, and um, I'm a big fan of his, and uh, he's a quirky, interesting guy. He makes everything by hand. He mixes his own paint, makes his own hardware, makes the glass, um, and I have um, quite a few pieces of his uh, and I, he's very unusual and very unique, and um, I love his work. How did you stumble upon him? You know, I read an article about him in the world of interiors, and it was about his studio. And he had this little bookcase in his studio that he had that was in a picture, and I just loved it. And we contacted him and asked if he would build a larger one for a wall, and he did. And um, so that kind of started the relationship, but he does makes a lot of things out of mirror um, tables, and um, he uses iron, and he, he's just an incredible craftsman. I love it. Yeah, he's super cool. Sounds really interesting. When you kick back and relax, what kind of music do you like to play or listen to? <laughs> uh, I I think like my house, also eclectic uh I love reggae. I like Dolly Parton. 
I'm an 80s kid, so I like Billy Joel, and I like singing to 80s music. That's okay. I like the um, 80s. <laughs> but we love dancing, and um, we, my best friend, who um, she's a great curator of music, so she's really my guru, my music guru. I don't know anything about modern music, um, but I... I, we, we have a pretty eclectic taste in music. We just came from Argentina and listened to incredible tango and just, you know, beautiful instrumental music. And so I pretty mixed bag on the music. I listen to a lot of uh, Mexican music. Do you have a hobby? Do you have time for a hobby? <laughs> I have, my hobby is um, cooking. I mean, we love cooking and we cook a lot Um you know, we cook a lot of ethnic food. It's hard to access here in Napa. So we make, you know, chicken tikka masala, chapati. Um, we make, you know, all kinds of food. We're cooking all the time. Um, and Lee is an amazing butcher. And so we butcher our own animals. We make our own sausage, salami, um, prosciutto. Um, so that those are always kind of family activities that require a lot of hands. We are pickling and making jams and candied citrus peel and membrillo. I mean, we're, we are, have cooking projects going on all the time. <laughs> um, and we really love having people up and just, you know, being together, cooking and eating and drinking together. That's a big pastime. I also, I love reading. I like looking at books. Um, What's the last book you read? Um, or are you reading one now as my, your mind my goes kids, blank? <laughs> my kids made us read a book over the holidays. They, they, my son, Xavier, made everyone read a book called Why Nations Fail. Oh, <laughs> it's no. so dry and boring, but we all read it and we had to talk about it <laughs> with him. But um, I also love to embroider. And that is one of my aspirations to become good at that. I'm a, really a beginner, but have been spending time doing that. And I, I like that kind of handy work. Uh, it's very relaxing to me. Well, it warrants the question, is there something that people might be surprised to learn about you? Or have you told us everything? <laughs> <laughs> something surprising about me. Yes. Um, Do you skydive? I do reply to no, no, and as and I've gotten older, I don't want to do any of those things. Uh, you know, I really love working at the grocery store, and I think that if I didn't do this here at the winery, and if I was like a full-time grocer, I would love it. I like talking to people. I like talking about food. I um, love seeing our community of friends at the grocery store, and so many. Um, people that I know shop there and that just gives me so much pleasure to be at the store and talk to people. And, um, it's a great, um, I, I think that I'd love to work at the grocery store more. Um, that might be surprising to people. Okay. You've also alluded to, you speak several languages. So I'm kind of curious. I'm guessing Spanish. Spanish is my first language. Um, I was raised Japanese (laughs) and then of course, Japanese, um, English. And, um, so right now I'm, I'm taking Italian lessons. So that is one of my hobbies right now. And I love Italy. Uh, that is another passion of mine. So, um, once a week Mm -hmm. we, we have our Italian class and I hope that that'll be my next language. 
Okay. Do you have a bucket list or have you done everything on your bucket list? No way. I have a huge bucket list. <laughs> Can you tell There's us so one or two? so many things on my bucket list. I want to do a textile trip to Guatemala. It's something that I would very much like to do. Uh, and I have never been to Thailand, Cambodia, that part of Southeast Asia. Um, I love the food from that part of the world. So hopefully we'll start traveling a little bit more aggressively and I'll make it over there. Okay. And we've been trying to get back to Japan. Um, we're selling a lot of wine there. And, you know, they're really closed down from COVID. And so we, we've had to cancel three or four trips. But I can I never tire of going to Japan or Oaxaca. Those are like my two go-to places that I think, um, strangely enough, are very similar. And um, every time I go, I learn something new. I see something that I've never seen before. The people are so charming and hospitable. And those are two places that I hope I will continue to go to for the rest of my life. Well, you make me want to go. <laughs> <laughs> I think in my next life, I want to be the mayor of Oaxaca. Well, maybe it'll happen. <laughs> we, we'll never know, but uh, maybe it'll happen. You know, I did want to talk about your wine brand for just one second. I don't feel like we've had a chance to really dive into that uh, much, but uh, how many cases of wine do you make, um, we're, roughly? We're about 6,000, 7,000 okay. cases of wine. We make several different Chardonnays. I know, um, the Ladybug the Chardonnay. The Ladybug Chardonnay, which is named after me. That is my nickname. I love it. And um, and then we have Rosé. We have a sparkling wine in the works. Um lots of Cab Franc, Merlot, uh, and, you know, we, we plant, we have 17 different kinds of grapes growing here on the property. Um, not all of which we make, we sell some of those, but, um, we're very curious and we're always trying new things and traveling to try wine and come back here and try to grow it. So if someone wants to taste a Hudson wine, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, well, the, the easiest way is if you're at the Oxbow Market, we do have um, the capacity to give tastes of wine at Hudson Greens and Goods. But you can come to the winery, and um, it's by appointment only. We're open six days a week. And we have a great tasting experience here. You can also hike on the property and, and come for a tasting. Um, and there's just lots of beautiful places in the garden to sit and do that. And we have an amazing team that will lead you through the wines and give you the whole tour and experience. You get to go through the garden and then come up for the tasting. So it's, it's being a little bit in nature as well, which is great. It's definitely off the beaten path and worth every minute. This is a hideaway. It is a hideaway. <laughs> well, Christina, on that note, we're going to wrap things up with what I like to call five quick questions. They're very lighthearted. Okay. I'm ready. Are you ready? <laughs> okay. What's your favorite flower? Uh, tree peonies that my husband grows for me. <laughs> She's so specific. Uh, what's the last movie you watched? I watched the movie um, King Richard about Serena and Venus Williams' dad. Okay. What kind of car do you drive? I drive a Tesla. What's a song that you and Lee like to dance to? One specific song. Okay, what did you dance to on your wedding day? <laughs> <laughs> um, we had... Um, 
a really great band on our at our wedding party named Alan Stone. Uh, he was at he was the the band at our wedding, and he was fantastic. And we danced all night. I felt guilty because I I thought I didn't talk to enough people because I danced. Okay. Our 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 wedding started at ten o'clock at night. Oh. And was a really a dance party. That's fun. Yeah. And now your last question. What is your favorite Mexican dish? Your go-to Mexican dish to enjoy? I really love mole. I mean, it's it's not something that we make very often. It's incredible amount of work, but it's something that I really relish when we when we have it and we make it and I love the process of making it and it's really, you know, many days of preparing it and it's so unusual and delicious and ethereal and I think it's a magical dish. Okay, there you have it. Five quick questions. <laughs> Christina, you've been a delight. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Visit winecountrywomen.com to join our exclusive list so you can be the first to learn about upcoming offers and events. Grab a glass and join us next week for a new edition of Wine Country Women.